Welcome to Cleveland's newest and Cleveland's best sports podcast. This is Two Guys in a Mic with your hosts Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Let's go. There's an important message waiting for you at the Truth About Child Loss podcast. It's a message of heartache and pain, but also of strength, faith, resilience, perseverance. The Truth About Child Loss by the Christian Jaden Project, available now on Spotify. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Two Guys in the Mic. This is our Sunday and uh, Sunday edition, which is now, it seems like our Browns victory Sunday edition. Um, the Browns are now eight and three after just defeating the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I'm one of your hosts, Big Sean. What's going on, Big Sean? I am uh, your other host, Ron Pierce, better known as RP. What's right. going on, let's everybody? Go let's go ahead and, and, and get into it. So, um, as I stated before, the Browns had a victory, what was it, 27 to 25, um, a close victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars, who now moved to a paltry 1 and 10. Um, based on the way the city is acting right now, you would think we were 1 and 10 also. But <laughs> but we are eight and three in the thick of the playoff hunt. Um, game shouldn't have been as close as it was, but we can go ahead and discuss a little bit what happened in the game. Uh, right now, man, I'm 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 happy just you know for us to pull that game out. Uh, got a little dicey there at the end, but uh, we found a way to get another victory. Um, I don't have anything to toast. I have no alcohol tonight. But I do have some nice Deja Blue water. So you don't have anything well, here, do you? I have a, uh, I have a Christmas ale, but since you drink oh, okay. water, I guess I guess I'll just do water too. I got a, a right. deer park, but we'll just do water. <laughs> <laughs> so so this is pretty much week, like well, a sober you know, week, but you know it's okay. Right. So this is like a sober edition of two guys as well. The, the, right. Here we go. All right. All right, man. So, got a few things to talk about. Um, the vibe that I'm getting, I didn't listen to the post game show um, on the radio, but the vibe that I'm getting off of Facebook is even though we won, people still aren't satisfied with the way that we won. Um, and people are still disappointed and Baker Mayfield for a few plays that he left out there on the field. Um, so let's go ahead and talk about that, man. So uh, how do you feel about today's victory? Uh, you know me, man. First of all, a win is a win. I'm, I'm just happy that, you know, we are, uh, you know, on the, on the W side as opposed to uh, in, a, in the loss column. Um, and I, I did look at today as a chance because I knew it was going to be, you know, solid weather in uh, Jacksonville. Definitely nothing that we were dealing with over the last uh, two or three weeks here. In right, right. So it was an opportunity to see, you know, how Baker handled, uh, you know, decent weather and, and moving through the offense and stuff like that because it's, it's things that you won't have to worry about uh, in this game with this weather that we've had to worry about um, in, uh, in, the, in the previous uh, few weeks. So I was looking forward to, to seeing some of that. And to be honest with you, 
he didn't play bad. Uh, I think I graded him out as a, at a at a B for the day. Okay. But it, it, it could have been an A plus. You know, uh, right. not that I'm expecting perfection, but I think to be fair, the things that people were complaining about, because I complained about them, is it wasn't that he was missing a lot of throws. He didn't miss a lot of throws. He actually had some really nice throws. One of them is right behind me. That throw to uh, Jarvis for the first touchdown. That was an awesome throw. Uh, it was a great catch. Um, so we saw some some really good throws today. That wasn't the only good throw. He threw a few other, like, just spot on, you know, right where they needed to be. Uh, one was, I think that was to Hodge uh, down the sideline for a first down. You know, we saw a few really good looks uh, from Baker today. But the the things that he missed on, they were so easy. They were so simple. These are the, these are the gimmies. And he seems to struggle with the gimmies. You know, it's like a wide open layup. Right. You a guy who can dunk over guys, but you missed a wide open layup. And I think that's what people right. are upset at. Right. Yeah. And, and, you, and you make an excellent point, man. Like, um, not to make any excuses. Um, those missed that one uh, touchdown he missed when he had Higgins wide open coming in on a slant. Um, you know, it is inexcusable. Now, the only problem I had with some of the criticism. You know, some people were saying, you know, he's a mess. He's he's awful. Um, you know, I think I think you have a lot of people that's ready just to get rid of him. And I don't want to go that far. He's a mess. You know what I'm saying? I, like we've seen a mess. I yeah, we have. We've seen. You know what I'm saying? We've seen uh, just just a, a, a caveat of different quarterbacks coming in town that were truly a mess who couldn't do anything at all. Um, and I'm trying to figure out because normally Baker, like an easy throw like that in the end zone, until like last week against Philly, those he wasn't really missing like that. Not that easy, but he missed one against Philly. Um, he missed one today. Then he had that big third down play to hunt in the flat that he threw behind. Now, those, you know, kind of pass he's been missing, been inconsistent on. Um, but normally the end zone plays, he's been like okay. But um, I don't know. Like he 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 is the pure definition of inconsistent. If you look at Webster's dictionary right now, and you yeah. look up the word inconsistent, you're gonna see a big picture of Baker Mayfield in there right now. Uh, absolutely, I agree with that um, wholeheartedly. And I think that's you know the one thing about uh, our show is. I think the Browns have been playing for the length of this show. So they're the one sport that we've covered almost every single show um, without fail. Like that's been our lead in. That's usually our biggest uh, story or whatever. Um, so we've covered them from the beginning. And one of the things that we've said from day one and that we've been interested in looking at is his ability to be consistent, but his propensity to be inconsistent. Yeah, you know, like man, he, he was making throws today that were incredible. He really hey, listen. I, some of them he probably shouldn't even have thrown. Yeah, and, you know he was them drilling them in there. I think at least three. It was that a I can think of on the top of my head, man. That were just pinpoint accurate. <laughs> the one. And then the one, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say the one he threw to uh, Jarvis. I think it was on third down. It was like at the 15 or something like that. 
Right. And he just like got it in between the two defenders. Right. Like if if that had been a pick, I would have been the first person to say, man, that was the dumbest damn pass ever. But he got the first it's 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 the proverbial guy taking a bad shot and you're like, man, what do you know? Oh, he hit it. Right. Exactly. You know, but you can't live on the edge like that against really good teams either. And I think that's right. the other part of people's uh the the angst that people are feeling. Um, I'm I'm actually believe this or not, I'm actually attempting to give Baker an opportunity to grow into this system. Uh, I think overall, I think that this uh, coaching staff is capable of turning him into more of a uh, less of an inconsistent guy and more of a consistent guy. And I'm starting to I told you this before. I'm starting to see certain things that looks like he's doing that. But of course, winning also makes the dumb stuff that he does, you know, more acceptable, so to speak. Right. But you don't forget him. You don't, you know, that miss to Higgins, like for me, one of the problems I have with that is at that moment, first of all, we're not good enough to uh, to, to miss opportunities to score touchdowns. We're not good enough to do that. Right. We have to take advantage of those situations. And with Higgins being from his second step in that route, he was wide open. Mm-hmm. And actually, if he had gone to his right, uh, Hunt was open over there too. So he had two guys in the middle, wide the hell open. And he, I don't know what he clutched for or double pumped for. You know what? what? He, double pump. he seems like, to me, he looks like a guy that's not fully confident. And he's overthinking at times. Like on those throws that that he was throwing to Landry that were real close to getting intercepted, I don't think he was thinking on those at all. He was like, you know what, my that's my guy. I'm gonna let it rip. Let's let's go. And then when the guy's like wide open like that, you you know you, you've played sports. You ever had a situation where you just been so whatever sport you was playing, like something came so easy to you at the time that you just overthought it and, and messed it you know what i'm saying that's mm-hmm. kind of what he yeah you, you seems like at times like he's trying to be too perfect yeah at you times get those spots i mean him like you, you say, know what i'm saying it's like he just thought at time he's not he's he's just not confident all the time um it's one of those or like, or, or like be, he's not always comfortable it's one of those things that could be less technical and and, and, and more excuse me mechanical like to right. me, to me, kind of going off of what you were just saying, I, I know you bowled a lot. There's certain pockets that you know you can just hit. Like, you don't even have to think about it. I already know where this ball going. But then there's those points in those in those tournaments and in those big spots where you, like, for, for whatever reason, you overhook it or you yeah. over, under leak. You know what I mean? You're saying it's All the time. Like, well, yeah, was yeah. And, and that's a good analogy because um, I'm just naturally a thinker anyway. And what I have to do when I when I was competitively bowling, I would sometimes have to turn my mind off and just use my muscle memory. It's mm-hmm. like, Yo, okay, Sean, you know that you, you know what to do. Stop thinking. Yeah, just, yeah. just let it go. And I would do that. Just let it go. I would be fine. But other times when I would tense up or I'm trying to make the perfect role, that's when I would maybe hold on to the ball just a little bit too long. Like I say, overhook it and 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 yep. mess up. So, 
Um, here's my thing, man. Um, and this is what when, when I try to defend Baker, I would just tell people like, name me one quarterback that's had four coaches in three years that's been successful. And I don't think you could name one. Like a friend of mine today pointed out that, you know, Alex Smith kind of went through the same thing. Uh, like when he first came into the league, he constantly turning over coaches and things like that. And it took him, now I don't want to wait like 11 years like Alex Smith did before you come into your own. But, you know, but, but continuity and consistency, man, um, it means a lot. And just life, period. So this year, um, I don't want to, I'm not giving him a pass. But I want to see how, how, how he comes into next year with a full training camp, full offseason, and have a year of this system under his belt. Now, if next year, if he comes out and he's still doing the same stuff, all right, then maybe he just is who he is. But we've seen flashes of brilliance and we've seen, you know, flashes of ineptitude. Um I think we've probably overall, at least my opinion, I think we've seen more of the good stuff than the bad stuff. Like overall, you, you took the full body of work into consideration. But, you know, I was like, hey, man, like like we're eight and three. Um, I think Cleveland is having a hard time enjoying it. Um, maybe because we're not blowing teams out. It's a little clunky. A little gritty, a little grimy with some of these wins. They're looking at Kansas City. They're looking at Pittsburgh. They're looking at these other teams kind of, you know, kind of like on cruise control. And we want to be that. But, I mean, we're coming out of 20 years of some of the most yeah, dysfunctional. Can't be that. We can't expect that. You know, yeah, we're coming out of some of the worst dysfunction out of any franchise in the history of sports. And it's going to take a little bit to get. And I see it's coming together, man. It's, it's definitely um, things that we're able to overcome now as a team that we weren't able to do before. Um, it's showing that we have a coach that has us in the right direction. Uh, I think kind of to your point, I think that you're, I think you're more right than wrong. The fans here are bipolar, you know, anyway. So, you know, if we were losing, like I, I had to make this point uh, to a couple people, you know, they're like, oh, well, I mean, we're we're eight and three, but if we played, uh, we, we're not gonna beat any of these good teams. Well, okay, maybe, we, but who thought we were coming into this year? First exactly. of all, <laughs> exactly. You know, right. second of all, second of all, you know, you're like, oh man, oh, we 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 can't, we just struggle with it. Okay, yeah. They made a couple of references to that today uh during the game, the announcers did. I think it was Adam Archuleta. I, I can't remember who the who the uh mm-hmm. who the uh play, I mean not the play by play, but the uh the other guy was. But they kept referencing the fact that the Jaguars played the Steelers last week and the Steelers defense. Uh, obliterated their offensive uh, line, yada, yada, and yada. Well, they also obliterated our offensive line the first time we played them. They also obliterated every offensive line that they played. Their defense is better than ours. Uh, yeah, so we, we don't have nearly the personnel that yeah, Their had. personnel, their depth, and 
their stability and what they do and how they do it, you, we're not the same. So yeah, they came in and they destroyed it. They also had a, a, a rookie quarterback starting uh, last week too. So, you know, you do have to put that into some level right. of perspective. And then I also think that sometimes because this is our team, we hold our team to a higher esteem. So oh, Jacksonville, so like Jacksonville, Philly, Indianapolis, um, Cincinnati, all these teams are looking at the Browns are like, you know what? This is a game that we can get. And we're looking at them. This is a game that we should get. You know what I'm saying? You know, like we forget how awful this defense is. Well, yeah. That, you know what I'm saying? Defense, and not to mention, we had like five guys missing uh, right. from everything uh from COVID to just regular injury. And then Ronnie Harrison gets hurt on the very first the play. Very first game. play. And you already know, our, as bad as our defense actually is, the one of the weaker spots in our defense is at safety. So now you lose an actual valuable safety. Ronnie Harrison has been mm-hmm. uh, a valuable been player pretty good on, this year. on the field. So you lose that dude in the very first play. You know, I'm like, man, it's going to be a long damn day. Uh, we have not been good against the run. I've been saying that. And it was, again, shown today. We're not very good against the run. Uh, Miles Garrett missing on the offensive line, or excuse me, on the defensive line, allows offensive lines to play more straight up and then give a little bit of help, say, on Olivier's side. So it makes it a little more troubling because you ain't got to do the same stuff to right. deal with this monster. And, and, got and have no linebackers, and no linebackers would really come in and fill those gaps no at all. So we're already behind the eight ball. So the other part of, of, of my initial comment, which was people don't, you know, our fans are bipolar, but in a, a part of us being bipolar, a part of us being Browns fans, or excuse me, I wouldn't even say being Browns fans, but a lot of fans in general, it's, it's similar to what my civics teacher says about politics. And I ain't trying to go into the, poli- the political right. realm right now, but it's a very parallel analogy. He said, he was, uh, when I was in high school, Mr. Farr, my civics teacher used to say, uh, everybody in America knows something about politics. A lot of people don't know nothing about the government. And it's very similar because a lot of people want to be Browns fans, but a lot of Browns fans don't know shit about football and how football needs to be played. So, or how football does get played. So while you trying to compare the Browns defense to the Steelers defense versus the Jaguars, come on, man, that's night and damn day. And anybody with a, a half a piece of sense would understand that. Also, same thing like with Baker, because I am i can't believe that I'm actually like <laughs> the Baker advocate as much as I've been kind of riding Baker at times. But I do see some improvement. So while I wasn't 100% happy with what he did today, I wasn't killing him. I actually never even said whatever happened today was all his fault or what didn't happen was all his fault. Yep, he missed those throws and he has to make those throws. However, had he made that one throw to to, to uh, Rashard Higgins, he would have had three touchdowns at halftime instead of two. Come on, chill out. It's not like 
he missed every touchdown. It's not like right. he missed every throw. It's not like that. He and was, we basically left. We left four points on the board today. And listen, and we're not good enough to do that though no. against really good teams, and apparently not even against the bad teams. That was a part of my issue today. My bigger issue was with somebody I've been doing nothing but uh, lauding uh, this season, and that was uh, Kevin Stefanski. I saw some stuff today that I was like, man, what the hell is he doing? I don't know if he was out overthinking it or trying to be the smartest guy in the room, but right. uh, my, my issues were not with Baker uh, today. To be honest, my issues weren't really like with the defense. Like I just saw the defense. We were just a step off because I had people like, yo, why they ain't get to the quarterback? I said, if you actually watch the damn game while they're not sacking this guy, there uh, a few Sheldon, half a Olivier, second from getting they were like, man, this damn close. This damn close. But you got to also remember something. Ain't no miles on the field. And right, they're right. not, they only got to account for the best guy on this, on this line, which is Olivier. Right. And somehow Mechanek, a.k.a. Mike Glennon, was just <laughs> barely getting that ball off at times, man. And a couple of times we would get we got in the fourth quarter, we got a couple of deflections. We got a couple of hits to yep. knock them off this rhythm because you can see uh, Claiborne and Olivier as the game wore on, like in that fourth quarter. They started they were getting, getting closer and closer. And closer right. And putting up, they and, and they, and they were forcing some bad throws. And really, man, and in a nutshell, that game wouldn't have been that close if it wasn't for one. First of all, I got to say this, and this happens almost every game, and, we, and and I say this almost every week. The refs can't help themselves. At some point, they have the to cheat. Right, so on, on that on that Kareem one, so we're kind of driving. I think we were up at the time, I want to say, what was it, 27 to... 19 we're up by eight and we're driving late in the fourth quarter to really close out that game and kareem hunt makes a great play when he basically he gets the first down referees mark him short they go and review it come back and still mark him they move the ball up but still mark him short again <laughs> and i'm like come on like what are y'all looking at he clearly got past the line of the game all right fine all right, then we and then and that's when we that's when we blow that um the plan of flat, you know, whatever. Um then when well, we're trying to close out the game, Jacksonville gets the ball back there driving. Third, no, it's fourth down and ten. Olivier and Claiborne finally get get to uh Glennon. Right. Crucial play. Right. And here they come with, with the phantom with a, with a, uh, with a fake phantom personal file. Fake uh uh uh, what was it? Uh, personal file call. I said I, I wrote it down in my notes, man. That was a horrible personal file call. Right. It was horrible. It is another one. It's on the tip of my tongue, and I forgot. It was another play towards the end of the game where the refs did something. What did they do, man? They uh, um, oh, I can't remember. But it was it was it was like three plays kind of down the stretch of the game, and they they, they couldn't help themselves. I but I, I tell you what. The refs, unfortunately, play a role in a lot of these games. Too much at times. Uh, and I hate blaming the refs. I'm I'm not blaming the refs. I don't like blaming the refs either. But, but I don't I like do when there's something. 
when there's something blatantly on replay and you take the time to go to replay and you see it, how do you and you don't change? How do you not change? How do you go to replay? How do you go to replay and then say, uh, oh yeah, what I saw was, I mean, you still left that thing at the 21 yard line. You still left the ball at the 21 yard line. That's where you think he got his forearm went down at the at the 19. Exactly. That was the only thing that touched the ground. <laughs> exactly. So how how is his forearm? He got the ball here. Forearm goes down. That's where the ball at. It wasn't like he had the ball back here, but you know, there was. I mean, even in that even in that moment, we still had an opportunity to to. Get, and this is this kind of the same thing I was saying with with uh, Stefanski. I got questions. I got plenty of questions about today. Uh, I don't know what the hell he was thinking. I, I don't know what the hell he was thinking today. You know today was I, didn't have to, I, I didn't have a huge problem with his play calling today. I, I had a few problems with some of the play calls individually. Over all. But listen, that's to me, know. that's still play calling. So yeah. let me, let me uh, expound a, a bit on, on what I'm talking about because I've kind of danced around it a little bit. So let me be a little more uh, specific. So right out of the gate, the first play that we called, I thought was the dumbest damn play as soon as it happened. I mean, literally as they were lining up, I said, really? We, so they punt the ball down to the floor, four yard line. We get the ball at the four yard line, the four. You going empty backfield, homie? Listen, I understand. And I missed that play. Cause I had to make a quick run. I had it on the radio, so I missed, so I couldn't see the formation. Yeah, at all. I heard, I heard like I heard Jim Donovan kind of be like, you know, why aren't the Browns just running it out? But I kind of was kind of in and out, so I really didn't, I, I didn't know that they were came, you know, came out enough. Yeah, we came right out, and, and that was the first play. Now I understand that you have scripted plays, but bro, sometimes you just gotta look at the situation. You right. can't do that. We not at the damn twenty yard line. So, okay, here you come with the empty backfield. So for those of you who don't understand what the empty backfield says to a defense, oh, they're going to throw. Because there's nobody in the backfield. There wasn't anybody moving in motion. Everybody stayed where they lined up. And that dude pushed right through, uh, I forget who it was, uh, pushed right past Teller and got a sack. And thankfully, Baker wasn't like in the end zone or anything. So he got sacked at the two. So guess what the next play is going to be? Just take a wild guess. I don't think you have to know a whole hell of a lot about football to know what we're getting ready to do next. We're going to run the damn ball. You know why? Because you don't want to throw another pass. So you just screwed up whatever script you had with a dumb scripted play. Like that's just dumb against a team that you don't have to play around with or that you can probably score on easily or do whatever you need to do unless you keep giving them opportunities to be in this dumbass game. That was just simple to me. And I was questioning that the majority of the game until we start having those third and ones that he was deciding to run uh, wheel routes for people. Yeah, what the, if you don't run this damn ball with yeah. punt or tub on third right. and one, I not that I agree with you there. Just run the damn ball. What are you doing? 
And then he went to more passes in the middle part of the game that was just, it just kept the other team, it kept the Jags in the game. Get this team off your ass because this defense apparently can't totally get them off the field. No. But we have the ability to keep their defense on the field if we just run the ball. And every time this dude turned around and hand the ball off, Nick and Kareem bust off 20-yard runs every time. So stop damn passing the ball so much. I ain't saying don't pass it at all. But stop passing it three out of the four downs that you got the damn ball. Yeah, that I agree with. Just run the ball and let Baker, because the play action was working like hell. You know why the play action was working? Because the run was working. Run the damn ball. That's how we got the lead. That's how we kind of gather control of the game until uh, that uh, – just weird, you know what? And now, now it's coming to me. I remember the other play where they cheated. Um, when Kareem Hunt got a first down, I pretty much would have closed it out again. And they called a phantom hold on, on Treader. Treader didn't hold nobody. Now I saw Olivier Vernon and them getting hold and grabbed the whole game. They ain't Listen, called nothing. They that called was not, two, that, was not, that wasn't close to all. Uh, they called two holding penalties. Uh, mm. Both on Treader. I thought I wrote it down. No, these weren't. That wasn't on Treader. That was on. Uh, damn it! So, was it on Treader? It wasn't on Treader. I think they're both were on Treader. Who, whoever, listen, whoever it was on, it wasn't no damn penalty. It was not a penalty. It was no holding. The holding didn't occur. They were regular, regular plays and. Believe it or not, even the announcer said as much, uh, which I couldn't believe at the time because, you know, the, the announcers don't ever really question right. uh, the, the um, whatever the referees are talking about. But um, those holding calls brought back a lot of – they brought back a lot of, of stuff that could have benefited us, of course, because it's a penalty. That's what penalties do. You know, but when you had the opportunity, oh, oh, I know what the other thing was. You you broke my damn momentum I had going on. Uh, <laughs> uh, also, I thought that dumbass challenge that he called. Oh, yeah. The that first one. That was a dumbass. What are you, are you kidding me? I tell you what, and I kept saying this. None of that happens, and you don't waste a timeout in a game that you're having trouble getting rid of this team. So you're going to waste a timeout in the fourth quarter. Uh, or excuse me, going down the stretch. So now you only got two against a team you barely can get off the field because you think the guy that just fumbled coming out of halftime caught that ball? Are you kidding me, man? Are you joking? Right. No. Just run it. You know what? It wouldn't have happened if you have just ran the ball. You're at the two-yard line. You got a guy averaging damn near seven yards a carry. Yeah, because that was the first, first down, I think. I don't think it was first and goal on that play. Yeah, what the hell? What what are you doing, bro? Just lead that one. Or how about not throwing the damn ball? Stop being cute. Stop being stop with the trickerations and I'm gonna be great. Now I know I've I've also called for us to try to do things against lesser teams to get a better rhythm. But this wasn't 
necessarily that because we were struggling to keep them off of us. I'm saying do that shit when you're ahead by 10 or 12. Not right. when you are within a, a, a single score of each other. Because even that uh, where they mis, uh, mislaid the ball, uh, the refs mislaid the ball and they did a replay on that. And then we came back on third and one and he threw to hunt out of the backfield like he was throwing at a damn beehive. You know, just, just zip this thing. Just toss it out there. Let your man catch it and get the first down. But he didn't do that. We drop it. Then we go for it on fourth down and miss it. Man, if you don't kick that damn field goal, what the – was? is Cody Parkey still out? Was he not playing today? He was, he was there. Right. So, right. And, so, and also, on that fourth and inches, he got that too. Listen, he got it. But you know what? They measured it and they showed it. He got it on the measurement. Listen, <laughs> it was like, listen, no. Listen. <laughs> if you kick the field goal, we're up. And even an eight, I mean, even a, a, a two point conversion, they're still down two or three points. Like, you got to, we're not the team that can play around with people. Right. And that was my problem with Stefanski today. We have to stop. And not like we do it every week, because I don't think we do it every week. But today, I'm like, bro, we got to play and get guys the hell out of there because I don't know, they probably don't have this, <laughs> the end game tickers, but they're Henry going to kill us next week. He's going yeah. to kill us next week. So. Yeah. Next week would definitely be a, a ball control type of game. Yeah. So you have, you've got to change and you got to think. This is my problem with what he said before about one week being the one week. I know you can't think ahead, but you also have to prepare to be in these situations, man. And I don't, I didn't see that today. Not today. No. So, okay. Yeah. Now, 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 now that you say that, do you think possibly that we passed a little bit more today because the weather was a little bit better and we've been running the hell out of Chubb and Hunt and with Jacksonville secondary being decimated, are you, are you in a way preserving them a little bit for next week? Um, Cause that's what I was thinking a little bit. I said, okay. Cause I noticed that we were passing a lot more. And some of it, you know, the plays were there, we just didn't execute. You know what I'm saying? So so even even on the 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 third and inches when we missed uh hunting the flat. Now I would have rather just ran the ball, but the play did work. We just didn't execute it. You know what the I'm saying? Worked. But but but, but but you know, the where are they worked. trying to preserve? Because really, look at the last. But how, one, you preserve, look, but how you preserving them by throwing the damn ball to them? No, we weren't really using them out the backfield that much, as far as far as passes. Look, so here here's the thing: that wheel route, that dumbass wheel route went to Hunt, and so did that third and one into the flat was to Hunt. So if you preserving the dude, don't throw him the damn ball either. Set him no. on the sideline. <laughs> Right now, now the one that wheel route to hunt, I think that was an accident. The reason why I say because if you go, hold on, it was an accident too. I think they should have ran it. If you go back and watch that play, 
Hunt was open in the flat like immediately. He was Baker. Baker waited till he got till he beat his man. And he didn't see the safety coming over. And he almost hit that. that man killed. He that almost got him hurt. Right. He almost again almost got somebody hurt. Just throw the damn ball out of bounds, man, or run because he could have run for the first down too. Right, and he didn't. You know, he just he decided he was going fling this thing down the sideline and hang it. <laughs> so, right. So, but so what? Chubb Chubb ended up with what nineteen carries today, which is low for him. Um, and Hunt had ten, I believe. And Hunt had a, excuse me, Chubb had a had a screenplay uh, thrown to him, which I was like, that actually just sealed the game. I was shot. We've been we've been calling for that all season, and they find, and it almost didn't work. When I first saw that play, I was like, oh, they that blew was the it second up. one. That was the second yeah. one because we did one earlier in the game too. We did, we did, and, and Batonio so, just blew up whoever whoever that little safety was that yeah, came up. Yeah, smashed him. Blew him up. Yeah. What was it like third and twelve or something like that? And he got thirteen and just fell down because right. he could have kept going. I know he got like uh, dude kind of touched him, but he could have kept going. He just right. was like, "Oh, we got it," so I'm gonna fall down and try to run the clock out or whatever. Right. But, now, uh, now there were two things that I was really, really impressed with today. These are things that impressed me the most. Um, coming out of halftime, we were up what? What was it? Seventeen, thirteen. I think uh, 17, 17 13 and, and we got the ball back. So in my head, I'm like, you know what? These last couple of drives, they couldn't stop us. So I said, we go down here, score, make it 24-13. That's pretty much game. Nope. No, not with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, nope. What's his name? Um, Harrison Bryant. Um, Harrison Bryant. Um, first play of the other half. Nice, nice pass. Yep. Nice run. Fun. Yep. And Jack and the defense actually stiffens up, holds them to a field goal. Yeah, um, BJ Gusson made an awesome play on that drive. Right. And then somehow, then what happened on the kickoff, man? Did we somehow we got pent back? And uh, it ended I up being like a away from the game at that point. I don't right. I, 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 think, I think we got pent back in. It was I was like, damn, did, did we get an interception? Look, I almost had to rethink it. Like, did we get an interception or something like down here on the goal line? Because yeah, when I we drove the ball, and it was over a ninety-yard drive that, and we went right back down and scored. Now, normally in the past, and we talked about this, a turnover like that, the Browns just everything you should just unravel. Like here we go again, but they had enough fortitude; they go right back down and score. Um, same thing when Jacksonville came down and scored another touchdown. Um, we another ninety-yard drive. Now that ended kind of uh, you know with that debacle with the passing the flat, but we were still, you know, moving the ball coming like right back at them. You can tell this team has a lot more, um, you know, fortitude about them. So, so you know, winning does that, bro. I mean, on top right. of whatever else is being uh, uh, pushed or, or, or taught and, you know, in, in those meeting rooms and stuff like that, winning, when, when, you know, again, if you start winning, I tell you what, the triangle offense would suck if uh, the Bulls didn't win. Right. Nobody would do it. They'd be like, man, that shit don't work. But they won with it. So now everybody want to do a triangle. Uh, you know, they're like, yeah, Phil, come bring the triangle. Come bring the, right. the triangle, you know, because it worked. So when you winning, yeah, everybody want to do whatever, whatever guys are doing to win. And 
you know, you have guys here who haven't, not traditionally, haven't been a part of a lot of winning. Uh, not here, not in the, not in the, uh, not in the NFL. Now, I don't know what a lot of those guys might have done in the, in the, in, the, in college, but college ranks. Pro, a lot of these guys haven't won a lot. Not a lot. They won maybe a season or two, or won a little more than others, but they haven't been on. Like, uh, if you think about, if you think about the leaders on this team, like our vets, you know, Jarvis, they did okay in Miami. I think he went to one playoff saying. game. That's what um, I'm saying. Who else? Like Adrian Claiborne. He was with what, yep. the Cardinals for some years yep. and the Falcons. They did okay, but nothing. You know. That's what I mean. Like they haven't been like winning. So it's not like we got somebody who came from the Patriots and they were there for like six, right. seven years. It's not like we got a guy from the Steelers that had, you know, you don't have that. We've had that in the past, and those guys are just here to collect the easy check. Right. But we don't have guys that have come here to contribute to the culture and to, uh, you know, everything else on the field that have won a whole heck of a lot. So it has to be something that's been like shown or taught or, or given to them uh, over and over and over again in those, in those meeting rooms, you know, like they're, they're starting to depend on each other and it, because even, even in those spots where the defense looks shitty, uh, they still kind of came up with plays. Here and there. And made, yeah. And made plays to get them off the field. Now, they probably ended up with way more yards than they should have gotten. Or, you know, I don't know how the hell you, uh, T. Mitch got torched uh, on that. Touch. And that dude got – when I saw that ball get thrown, when I saw Glennon throw that ball, I said, oh, that's a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as soon as he let it go. As soon as he – Threw that thing up and I looked, I said, oh man, this dude torched. You know, but again, I have to give some credit to to the team that has had some adversity and has dealt with some adversity, yet they still found a way to put it in the W column instead of the loss column. Because you're right. We watched this for too many years and we know. Man, we can have everything working, and then that one, that one, screw, one play, that one screw fall off the wheel, and now everybody's jumping out the car. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I got, you know what? And I got one more gripe. We have to get Donovan Peoples Jones off that kick return team. That dude, like. Oh, they, even they, I know, they, like, 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 if you're standing on the ten at the time of the punt, right? You are your own ten. If the ball goes over, if you have to take any steps backwards to feel the punt, you let it go. Let it go. This dude would do a fair catch at the one and a half yard line. Just something crazy. I know I'm exaggerating, but every time that no, he always gets us pinned back. <laughs> he's like a daredevil with the now. I think he's going to end up being a good returner. You can see he got some got skills, but he just takes giftiness and everything. Takes he takes too many chances though, and I don't I don't feel comfortable when he's back there. I'm waiting for him to fumble. That's really was <laughs> really what's on my mind. Listen, like, this he, dude is going to do something crazy last, and, and, and cost us the game. I don't know how many times over the last couple of weeks that he has almost fumbled. Right, just been a couple of returns that he had, especially. Uh, during those win games, 
where I was like, like, get the hell away from the ball altogether. Like, get away from it. And he's like, oh. And he'll right. like fall down with it. And I'm like, diving forward to catch the ball. I'm yeah, like, dude. Like, I'm like, I'm like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you almost killed me on that play, man. You almost right. killed me. But uh yeah, I agree with that. I I, I think uh what's what's the uh what's the kid's name? The 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 uh, the running back, our third running back that does the uh, kickoff return sometimes. Dearness so, Johnson. Dearness, yeah. I I say put him back there, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he don't like. Cause I tell you what, I've I've attempted to do punt return like in high school, but man, uh, you know, not easy. But listen, I understand that uh, you know high school football is nothing like the pros, but the whole time, man, I was like. You know, it's one thing to catch a a, a pop up, but you know, in baseball, when you catching a pop up, ain't nobody running, <laughs> running right. to take your head off. So I'm like this the whole time, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I ain't trying to spin my whole thing like this, and then you don't want to call a fair catch, and you catch it and look up, and you got a guy 15 yards away from you. You want right. to be able to, you know, to to look like you're the, you can play the part. So, um, I think maybe there's some guys that don't want to do it because of that. But I think uh, again, yeah, it's I definitely think, it's, it's an art form, man. Punt returning is a is an art form. The guys that do it the best know, know how to do it. Exactly what you're talking that, about, that, that, they that they, they know how to gauge how much time they have between the time that ball hits their hands. And and how long it takes for the defense, the, the coverage team, to come down and and hit that you. instinct that they have is ridiculous. Like, you know, uh, Cribs, Cribs sometimes looked like he was being a damn daredevil. If you go back to one he of was. his best returns ever against Pittsburgh, and he got that damn ball like at the two yard line, I was like, "What are you doing? Why would you touch that? Right. Why wouldn't you just catch it out of the air? Now you got to go get it, you idiot!" And you just watch him tiptoe down the sideline. <laughs> 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 you know Which I mean? really so, is one of the best punt returns in the history of, of the NFL, really, that nobody ever talks been. about. Because we were probably been. like 1-13 in 13 at the time, too, <laughs> when he, so. when he did when he, that. When, so. hey, he, but uh, I tell you what, not only did Josh Cribs give us some great returns, he gave me one of my favorite, favorite, favorite uh phrases in the history of sports we always almost win <laughs> mm -hmm. we always right. almost win that's a hell of a statement and it can only be understood by a cleveland browns player who's been here for a long period of time and it can only be understood by a cleveland browns fan we always exactly almost win it's and now and now we're the ones that are pulling out these wins and the other teams that are trying to get back to relevance are saying the same thing. Yeah. We almost yeah. always win. Because a couple of weeks ago we were saying we were kind of not necessarily complaining or not necessarily afraid, but we were like, man, you know, we got to hope that the Raiders don't keep winning because if we end up tied with them, they got the, the tiebreaker. Well, guess what? The Raiders are two games behind us right now. And I know so, the Raiders. I knew eventually they were going to give one back because 
they're not they're they're just like us. They're a team that's they're exactly like, like us right now. They're, they're a fragile team trying to get back to relevance. And so they're gonna lose a game that they have no business winning. I mean, not no business losing rather. So I knew eventually they they would give one back. Um and I kind of had a feeling that we'll give we were gonna give one back we are, at some point. But 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 we that. we've we've been par for the course. Yep pretty much so far this season. I've been, I'm just happy that the difference, the difference, the only small difference in what, in what we are used to seeing and in what's happening right now. Uh, we did lose to the Raiders in that game, but the old Browns with a loss to the Raiders came out of the bye and lost again and probably again. Mm-hmm. Like that's, the difference between what we're seeing now and right. what we're used to seeing. Like we've somehow figured out how to beat the teams that are quote unquote worse than us. And I just say quote unquote, because I don't know that we're in a position to suggest that teams are, are worse than us. Now they may have a worse record, but I don't know that the teams are worse. Exactly. Right. Because, you know, they could, everybody's going to get beat by a team they probably shouldn't get beat by in a season. Like, if the Browns beat the Steelers, and by the way, all these people who think we just can't catch up to the Steelers, and et cetera, et cetera, we're only two games behind them guys right now. Only two games. And they're undefeated, by the way. So that's not a bad thing. It's okay. But, you know, we could actually beat this team when we play them. We could. We could. I'll tell you what. First time we played them, we didn't have a hunt. I do understand they played good against the run. But having, I mean, not hunt, but uh, Chubb. But having Chubb on the field changes a lot of stuff. It changes a lot. Also, it depends on how we decide we're going to play. Now, our defense is awful. And I watch Ben do what Ben does against our defense. But if we're in the game, it might change. We right. just weren't in those games at that point. So exactly. you have to almost play a perfect game to beat those guys. I don't think that we're perfect. I don't know that we'll beat those those guys either. But I also think that anything can happen on any – I don't want – I know Sean hates cliches. I don't want him to, to uh, run out of the wrong way. <laughs> any, any given Sunday, anything – Any can, given Sunday, and that's the truth. Anything can happen. So – um, you know, shout out to uh, my Browns for finding a way. I hate that we had to find a way against a team uh, that seems to be struggling as bad as the Jaguars, but you can see some talent there. They've got some talent there. They traded away a crap ton of talent. They did. Uh, or, or just cut guys. Like, they just cut Fournette. Like, you know, they just waved him. So, yeah, that's, it's a young team, you know, um, like that kid Robinson, good. the running back. You can tell that he's yep. Yep. he's on his way to being a very, very, very uh, good player. Yeah. All right, man. But let's go ahead and um, give our game ball. So now we move on. Also, uh, just as a caveat, we do move on to play the Tennessee Titans next week, which which is the biggest game of the year so far. And, you know, during our midweek show, we'll go ahead and, you know, give our preview and our thoughts on that. But as far as my game balls, I'm only giving out 
Uh, I'm giving out two game balls today. And that's just to, you know, Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is special. Uh, and I would love just to go ahead and just give him an extension right now, just what he means yeah, I was to the team as far as his leadership and grit and everything. And then I'm going give to a, give one to Jarvis, man. Jarvis had a big game today. I think he needed that game. Um, he hadn't really had a breakout game all year. And today, man, he played his ass off today. Um, yes, sir. I mean, he really played his ass off. Big game, big catches. We had eight catches for 143 yards today. Yep, and, and it's yep, and those are my game balls for today. Well, I pretty much I got the same exact uh, game balls. Uh, Jarvis, Jarvis, kind of reminded us that you know he ain't just no slot guy today, right? Uh, Jarvis is a great second receiver, or he can be your first receiver. He could be your first option. Um, and he showed that today. He's been dinged up. He's been hurt a little bit. Um, you know, he had off-season surgery. He had the broken ribs. And he's learning a new offense for three years straight, too. Mm -hmm. Because he was in Miami, and he came here. And then, you know, now that coach is gone that he came here for or with. So, you know what I mean? He's he's had to deal with a lot of stuff, too, and the different philosophies because this team is supposedly more run-heavy as we are, we're starting to kind of see than uh, pass-heavy. But they can still make their impact, and I, I like the way that they're still trying to get Jarvis the ball because Jarvis is actually a special player. Um, so game ball to Jarvis, and, I mean, I don't even need to go into to Nick Chubb too much. I mean, I, I don't know what else could be said. His, his demeanor, his workmanship, I just, I love this dude. If, if the Browns, uh, I was asked, or not just me, but it was asked in a, one of the rooms that I'm in on Facebook, you know, who do you show your priority to first? If you were the general manager, do you do it to Chubb or to Baker? I was like, Chubb, you got it. Because listen, cause even, Baker, even Baker has to understand, if you don't sign this dude, it changes how stuff is going to go for me. Right. So got to make sure uh, Nick is taken care of. And because I think of the type of workman, uh, the workman's attitude that he has, if you don't take care of that cat, it's not going to be good. Yeah. he Nick Chubb is a guy that should have his whole career here. He should. Or at least the majority of it. At he least should. at least the, the bulk of his career to be at the Cleveland Brown. You found a way to take care of Miles Garrett, which you should have. I, I thoroughly agree with that move. Um but we only really have two or three guys on the team that's worth investing that kind of money in. Mm -hmm. And one of those two or three guys is Nick Chubb. If you don't give Nick his money, and I think they'll take care of him. I, like, I, Traditionally, the Browns wouldn't have taken care of Miles Garrett. <laughs> That's right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> traditionally. You know, so I'm happy that we were able to do that. So I'm going to put a little bit of faith in, uh, you know, in that front office. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, Andrew and those guys understand who, who the heck, <laughs> 
who the heck they got a chance of losing or messing some stuff. And listen, again today, we saw it again today too, Sean. When that guy has big runs, it just energizes everybody around him. Same thing with Jarvis. When Jarvis makes big plays, it's like Baker gets up. It's like the offensive line. Everybody gets lifted. Right. So you got to make sure that these guys get taken care of. And it's crazy that we were able to take care of Jarvis. When he got here, had the money to take care of uh, Miles when his turn came up. And we're still like 40, almost $50 million under the cap. Right. So, so you have a chance to lock up a core group of guys and even if you have to move some other pieces around, you still have your core yep. group of guys. Yep. You know, so and um I think with Barry, I think he he's gonna he's gonna draft well too. So even if we lose yeah. pieces, we're gonna lose guys here and there, you know, due to finances, you know, business moves, you know, but hopefully they'll be able to plug in those kind of like how the Steelers do. Now the Steelers don't pay anybody at all. You know, no, they don't ever other than Ben. Ben only want to get his money every time. Right. And they and, and they're always able money. to draft well, maybe get a free agent here and there to kind of fill that's in a, some games. Now I don't want to be as frugal. I don't want them to be as frugal as Pittsburgh. I don't want them to go that route. No. But I still think we have the the talent evaluators that can, you know, help fill in some 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 gaps here and there when necessary. But that's the only thing that we don't have is or or we haven't proven, should I say is uh, the ability to draft regularly well. Right, consistently. Regularly, right. uh, consistently is probably a better, uh, a better word. Uh, but we haven't shown that we're capable of that yet. Yeah, we've gotten some great guys in the draft for some really good, because Nick Chubb, I'll be honest with you, I wanted his cousin, not his ass, uh, coming out of the draft. So I kept, I, I'll never forget it. I kept saying, we got the wrong damn Chubb. You know what? Now we got, <laughs> I think we got Chubb in the second round. We did. We did. Yeah, you, you were upset when we drafted. You you didn't like the Denzel Ward pick. Right, over exactly. Bradley You're absolutely Chubb. right. Right. Yep. I wanted Bradley I Chubb with that pick instead of Denzel. And because I felt like another, a bookend for right. uh, Miles and this guy would be incredible, like for their the beginning of their careers. I also wanted, I know you you did not like this from day one, but I want to say Quan. You didn't want to say Quan. Uh, that's a conversation for another day. However, right. that's what I was thinking. And they found this nugget. This nugget. I would have never, I would not if I could go back and do that joint again, I would think differently, of course. But I, this dude was nowhere near my radar. So yeah, I liked Chubb in college. I just know he had those knee like injuries. I, I, I knew he had like the knee injury, and that's kind of what I was like. Okay, I was like, second round value was cool. I I thought we were going to get Sony Michelle. I like Sony Michelle. I like Sony in college. I like Sony, but and Chubb. I can see why people. I can see why people like Nick. I mean, he's he's second all time behind Herschel Walker, dog. That's yeah. crazy. Right. Like, that's crazy. So, 
I could see why people liked him. I just didn't see. Let me say this, because Herschel was, was, was great when he was in college, but it didn't completely translate when he got to the league. Not completely. No, he, he, was, he was just a little bit above average in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. And that's not, you know, I got my issues with, with Herschel. But I'm just talking about the football player. Right. That's all. Just a football player. I don't care about his politics on the football field. What I saw on the football field from Georgia to Dallas, and damn sure what we got in Minnesota, he was nowhere near that dude. No. That he was in college. Nor shoot, when he was in Minnesota, he wasn't even the dude he was in Dallas. No. And he has some pretty good seasons in Dallas. Um. I don't think I think he's a sub Hall of Fame player. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer at all. No, but he's, I don't think, he's, I don't, he's, he's not, a college football Hall of Famer. He's yeah, he's not. And he's I not just, even close to getting a Pro Football Hall and, of Fame. And I just didn't see that per se. And I mean, or excuse me, I kind of saw or was skeptical about what I was going to see with this guy uh, too, Nick Chubb. Okay. The difference is this dude, man. I don't, I don't. I feel like this. He's perfect for Cleveland, first of all. He's a, he looks like he wakes, he goes to sleep with a football under his arm. Right. And then he wakes up in the morning and like makes a bologna sandwich and, and, and gets a thermos with some chicken noodle soup and throws that shit in a bag and just goes and gets it in his car and goes to work. That's perfect for, like, that's Cleveland. Mm -hmm. That's Cleveland all day. And he just goes to work. He don't really want to say hello. He liked the dude on uh, the, the dog, the sheep dog on uh, the Looney Tunes. <laughs> he, <laughs> my right. man would go punch in, get his job done, and punch out. That's right. It. Like, that's it. I, and I love that about him. I love that about him. So, yeah, those, my, those are the only two guys that I felt. I, Baker was close to getting a game ball. I'll give him, I'll give him the honorable mention. He just. Yeah, I was. I was. Feeling the same way. He had just, too many to, to too many missed throws today um, to yeah. get a game ball because that game could have been closed out. Yeah, we could have been with, with, with two more throws, and that game wouldn't have been close at all. So, all right, man. So moving forward, uh, what's the next topic on the junket today? Well, do you want to do our uh, our picks because we missed Wednesday? Uh, I made an we didn't make any picks for this week at all. We didn't, so but that's okay because I made an executive decision uh, as as one of the co-producers. <laughs> I just said, "Man, it's Wednesday. Ain't nobody about to do this." So <laughs> no, right? It's the day before the holiday. Let's just chill. Right. No, so I, I, I made an executive decision as a co-producer and decided and decided that now nah, we're not gonna do one. So All we're right. gonna go back a week and catch up on our picks from what was that a week last was, Sunday that would be it been last ago. Sunday yeah yeah that would have been a week ago okay all right so right now I'm 17 and 17 and I think you, you are too right or 18 I'm 18, and, I'm 18, 18 and 16 16 yeah all right so, so the on. first game we had was the Cardinals and Seattle yeah and I picked oh, Seattle oh that's what's wrong I'm like what's wrong with this thing that's what I was trying to bring up on my computer when I was talking. I was like, oh, let me <laughs> pull this up. So, uh, yeah, the first game was the Cardinals in Seattle. 
we both picked Seattle, and Seattle won that game. Yep. And of course, where's my pen, man? I could never find my pen when I needed. I swear to God, Sean, the most. Sean is Sean is uh, for for you okay. guys who don't know. Ill prepared talk shows. Sean podcast host in history. Probably the smarter of the two of us. Not by that much, but he is easily the least prepared of the two. But no argument for me. But I always say that's a sign of a genius, man. That's a sign of a genius, brother. <laughs> Being unorganized, huh? <laughs> um, so then we had the Titans and the Ravens. I picked the Titans. Titans won. You did pick the Titans, didn't you? You had the Ravens, didn't you? I picked the Ravens. All right. Then we had the Chiefs and the Raiders. It was a closer game than I thought it was going to be. I thought the Chiefs were going to beat the hell out the Raiders. It was way closer than I thought it was going to be. And that was a good game. And the Chiefs did pull it out, though. So, Chiefs three for three so far. Then we had the Bengals versus the the Washington football team. You picked. And Washington pulled that out. You picked the um, I can't believe you picked the Bengals for that. Yeah, and it might have been a different story if, if Joe Burrow didn't get his knee ripped out. <laughs> you know, and you know what? And shout out to Joe. I hope you come back strong, homie. For real, I think I yeah, said they, that they got some quarterback in there. What's his name? Brad man. Allen, somebody I never heard of. Yeah. Then yeah. we got the Eagles and the Browns, and um, the Browns pulled that out. So I went four and one, which now puts me at a paltry twenty-one. And 18. And I went four and one. So I'm still behind you. So you're still behind. All right, that has to change. Oh, and also I want to give a shout out to um the Detroit Lions for finally firing Mike Patricia. Sorry, yeah. Listen, I and was that's, and, when it was gonna happen. And that's what y'all get. That's karma for firing yeah. Jim Caldwell in the first place. All he did was get that bum team. To the playoff twice. They hadn't been in the playoffs since like I don't know what 1992. They had like Eric Kramer or somebody at quarterback, and he uh, got that bum franchise. That's not true. That's not true. They went with uh, they went with I almost said Joy Harrington, but not. I think they did go with Joy, but they went with Megatron and Stafford uh, one Stafford time before. before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And you're probably right. I'm, I'm sure you're right. And but Jim Caldwell had them on their way, at least they to getting back to respectability. They went to the playoffs with Caldwell twice. Yeah. So and he get fired over a nine and seven record. And so and all seven that stuff season. they're going through is is, is karma for doing I, that. I believe it too. And listen, and that's exactly what we be talking about when it comes down to like these uh, NBA uh, situations. They want the black dude to come in and be. Uh, the you know just hold over until y'all get almost right. there. Then we can bring in the, the you know the white Jesus Christ to save everybody. I got you. Yeah. And that's bull. That's bull. And that's right. why I'm glad. Listen, I got family and friends that live in Detroit. So out of all of the sports teams that Detroit has, I ain't really have no I don't really have an issue with the Lions. So I would like to see the Lions do better. Uh I can't say that has and Detroit has good fans. And really, um, if you look back on it, Cleveland and Detroit 
has had decent like the Browns and the Lions were rivals like way back in the day, mm-hmm. back in the fifties. Um, the mm-hmm. Indians and Tigers have always been rivals of sorts. I know I used to hate the Tigers when they had uh, Chet Lemon and 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 uh, Sweet Lou Whitaker and, and Alan Trammell and those guys. They used to beat the hell out of us back because then. Because they would listen. They may not have because after they won the World Series in the, what was that eighty three. 84. Something like that. Yeah. After they won the World Series, while they may not have been any good, it seemed like they would come here for a three-game series and beat the brakes off the Indians. Yeah, they would. <laughs> they would just come in here and, and pummel us. So that was actually right. the first team that I disliked for right. the Indians. That was the first the, the Tigers were the first team. That's why I said I ain't got nothing against the Lions. The Tigers and the Pistons on the other end. Right, and then the Cavs and the Pistons had their had their run-ins, you know, back in the '80s, um, and then later on when LeBron um, yeah, got here, he finally like actually de- dethroned yeah. the Pistons. Yeah. Um, at that time, so shout out to the city of Detroit. They have a lot of good things going on. I don't know if you've been there lately, um, but the downtown area and stuff is really being yeah, revitalized. They're coming up. They coming up there. Detroit like, gets a bad rap, similar to Cleveland, but I've always had a good, good time when I've been there. Yeah, um, you got to know where to go, where not to go, like any other city. But uh, you need to know where the hell not to go for sure in Detroit. Right. But, but, but shout out to Detroit. Shout out. And, uh, th- to Detroit. Thank God they fired Patricia. Because I hate this whole thing, man. Just because you come from the Belichick tree, that somehow you go, you're supposed to be this genius, and organizations haven't learned that yet. There's haven't been one Belichick disciple. Just getting ready to say, has it worked? Has had success. Just getting ready to say, has it worked yet? Because I haven't seen it. Mean, not yet. one. I mean, to be oh. honest with you, how many guys off the Parcells tree has actually worked other than Belichick? Um, Seifert, uh, George Seifert. Yeah, Seifert, yeah, but it hasn't been many. But I mean, um, now one guy I'm rooting for, though, I am rooting for Flores down in Miami. Oh, but he's Miami, about yeah. to mess, yeah, he's tough, about mess that spot. up. Miami is I see what he's spot. doing, yeah, and what he's doing with two of them right now. Either you're going to play the kid or you ain't. You're gonna mess his head up, yanking him in and out. Two a hurt, two a hurt. That's why he didn't play today. Well, but he That's even yanked him out of the game last week. But he and they should. weren't down by that much. They, you know, they, if you're gonna put him in there, yeah, like unless they're getting blown up, they're getting blown out, and you don't want them to get hurt. That's one thing. Yeah. But you want to have you have to let like, the kids struggle. Faith in the dude. Don't get a guy the, the confidence. Yeah, and then yo-yo it back. Yeah, you know by by trying to act like oh well you messed up. The worst thing in the world is to be looking over your shoulder as a, as a ball player. Uh, exactly. I don't care what kind of ball you playing. Um, I don't care what kind of situation you in. You know, I've played more team sports than individual sports. So to get in the game and every time you hear the buzzer, you know, if you're playing basketball, you, you're looking to see if they're coming to get you. It's not a good feeling. It's not a good no. feeling when, you know, uh, and when you're playing baseball and I want to play short, I'm at short, but now you take, you bring in another dude and move me to center. I don't have no, it's no continuity. I can't even develop right the regular continuity. So, and, and that's what I'm saying. If you're going to put Tua in, you're going to have to let him work through his struggles. The simple as that, yeah, that's the only way he's going to learn. Listen, you're going to have to let you him know. have those three interception days. You're going to have to let him have, especially him being young. Because I don't think Tua is bad. I don't think he's a bad football player. I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I think he got a raw deal. 
uh, going in, I thought he should have stuck. <laughs> so I thought that's why they drafted him, just to be the right. start. But, you know, I also understand how sometimes, you know, organizations don't want to Tim Couch a guy, you know, throw him right into the fray and end up jacking this dude's whole life up uh, because yeah. – because you, you you played him too it's early, shot. Him, uh, protection and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. So, all right, but man. Is, so, is, man. Oh, all right. So, what else next on the dock? Real quick, too. Um, I don't know if everybody knows this or heard this, but uh, apparently, while we're talking about people getting fired, uh, the Jags fired their general manager after today's game. Oh yeah, I did see that. So uh, that's crazy because rarely this is a weird year. Because this is like the third or fourth general manager that got fired this year, in the middle of a season, by the way, not at right. The so that's that's kind of weird. They didn't fire the coach, yeah, but, but what did they expect? With well, maybe they're mad at him for the moves that he did make. I don't know because I'm looking at that roster. It's like it's not too much that you can do with that right now. I thought they were kind of building, or cutting, you know, getting rid of guys, high salary guys, well, they to were. to rebuild, you know. Well, they were, but I mean, he's been there for, I think, I, I don't know if I wrote it down, but I, I think he's been there for about five years or so. So okay, he's got, it's not like they, you know, they just hired him the other day or nothing like that. They, they hired this guy and thought that he was gonna, you know, change as, as most people do. They you think they're going to change the uh, whole culture fix things, make things, you know, less than what it, let me see, we, he, uh, he got hired and give me a second, people. Yeah, but you're right, man. It's rare that a GM gets fired in the middle of the season. The middle of the season, bro. And head coaches, yeah, but GMs, because that, because a shakeup like that is not really going to, you know, do anything as far as the momentum of the team is concerned. No, but this article don't say what his overall record was. But the one that I wrote, I read rather, which basically doesn't bode well for uh, the coaches, uh, Doug Marone and the coaching staff. It doesn't bode well for them. No, but it doesn't. And yeah. in his defense, he wasn't given much to work with. He, he really wasn't. At all. I mean, Let's be let's be honest. When you take, you know, uh, all these guys away, whoever you know, you can look up and down their roster. The guys that you know, Jalen Ramsey was on that team. Um, yeah, you know, they were just in the AFC Championship game like three years ago, right? I think in eighteen. I think it was yeah, giving giving Pittsburgh a run. They beat Pittsburgh that year. I forgot what they lost. They lost to New England in the uh, championship game. I mean, they basically gave away. Calais Campbell, uh, shoot, AJ Boye, AJ Boye, Yannick and Gonque. I mean, y'all just basically gave these dudes away, and I mean, it's a lot of money in those names, by the way. So I know a lot of that had to right. do with the money, uh, because you wouldn't have been. I don't know if you'd have been able to keep all four or five of those guys, right? Uh, at the and not at that money, that, that's three or four 
hundred million dollar contracts for sure. So basically, Jacksonville is pretty much what they're probably about to do is off season is have a full blown purge. Yeah, probably clean house, draft one of these quarterbacks coming out. Uh, I hope Justin Fields doesn't end up there, which is a, a strong possibility. Um. <laughs> well, you figure if, if not Justin, it's gonna be uh, the kid from the Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. Because what is uh, they're one in ten now. Yeah, uh, the Jets that, still are winless. All and the Jets are still winless. So yeah, that's look. I really, you know what? Justin Fields right now is probably what's, like what the hell. You end up either with place? the Jets or the yeah. Yeah, what's the better place? Ain't no better place. You just I'll look, be you sitting just, there. You just hoping that you fall in the draft. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you know what? I wonder if 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 a guy one year would tank his his combine to keep from going to actually that would be genius to tank your combine to end up in a better situation because I'm not going to the Jets ordered man that's 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 a recipe for disaster. Hey look Superman Charles, look, man, Charles Superman couldn't it. say the Jets right now. Charles Barkley tried it. He said he's he was like man I showed up I was fat as hell. He said Philadelphia still drafted me <laughs> You know, That's like, I mean, I'm sure guys tried it too. I think Isaiah said he didn't want to go to Detroit either. Right. You know, so you got you you have your your situations. And I mean, we all remember uh, Peyton Manning's uh, what's his name? Peyton Manning's brother, uh, Eli. Eli, and his daddy he didn't want him to go to the Chargers and all that. Somehow, somehow the Chargers ended up with two. Hall of Fame quarterbacks, anyway. <laughs> right? <laughs> How the hell did that happen, anyhow? <laughs> right. Exactly. But um, you know, it's been going on for years where guys don't want to be, you know, a part of a team or don't want to be nowhere near an organization. And there's some organizations I understand that. Like, I wouldn't want to go play for the Jets at all. I wouldn't want to be a part of the Jets at all. Like, no parts. No. And honestly, neither of those New York teams. I don't know that the Giants are being run well right this second. I think the Giants are probably a lot more they're stable. They're yeah, they're off. a lot more stable than the, than the than the Jets. They just had some bad luck. Well, one thing, they were done for hiring Pat Sherman. I don't know what it is with, with, with these teams and Pat Sherman. Don't don't do that. Who was their coach before? They had um McAdoo, yeah, so they hired about like two or three bad coaches in a row. They did it again because Joe Judge is fighting his assistant coaches. Was, uh, <laughs> was, was McAdoo in, the team was McAdoo in uh, Miami? No, he was Green Bay's quarterback coach. Oh, okay. Green Bay. Okay. Yeah, he was awful. And he was a jerk on top of being awful. Right. You know, he's a he's the dude for, who for no reason just decided Eli didn't need to start no more. <laughs> <laughs> and break his streak. Right. Not because you Smith. And you didn't even bring in the rookie to see what he could do. You brought in Geno Smith. And you, everybody knew what Geno Smith a, was. That's a full-on shot at Eli right there. That's just a shot. Yeah. And was. the guys on the team that was honored, you know, uh, you know, behind behind Eli, they're like, what? Oh, okay. We're not playing for this dude no more. That's, that's going to end bad for you, bro. It's going to end bad for you, bro. But anyway, let's move on from the NFL, man, uh, real quick. I, had a, I have to uh, 
get into this uh, quote-unquote exhibition situation that we saw last night that uh, the Mike Tyson, Roy Jones uh, fight circus. Fight. Sideshow. You see the whole me thing with, was, 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 was a sideshow. You, you, you see me with my uh, Dr. Evil, <laughs> you know, quotations. Um, I'll, I'll talk about Mike and them in a minute, but listen, everybody knows what I'm getting ready to say right now. I'm sure they do. If you watch the supposed best of the best undercard fight, which was, which involved uh, my man Nate Washington, what's not Nate, uh, Nate Robinson. What in the hell? I have to agree with Snoop. And first of all, uh, shout out to Snoop, Snoop Dogg, because I don't know that I could have made it through any of that without Snoop. <laughs> <laughs> Snoop Snoop's uh, commentary was comical, but it was on time because of you know what was kind of happening. Um, but Nate Robinson spent time actually training, supposedly, for his fight. Did, did you watch the fight last night, bro? Let me, let me just start there. I saw that part of it on um, Instagram Live, on Ha Ha Davis, on his Instagram Live. He was showing it. Um, I had a friend of mine try to hook me up with, like, a, a free pass. I wasn't ordering it. Once I saw, first of all, once I saw that it was an exhibition, I was like, no. Nah. And then when I saw the weigh-in and I saw that Roy Jones was flabby as hell, I said, that dude ain't trying to really play. Like he's trying to, to, to get a check and not get hurt. And then I saw the undercard. I said, is that Nate Robinson? I said, it has to be another Nate Robinson that I never no. heard of. That can't be no. Nate Robinson, no. slam dunk champion Nate Robinson. It and was I was like, Nate. there's no way I'm ordering this fight. So my friend was trying to give me her pass key to get to the fight. And it didn't work. And I wasn't mad that it didn't work either. I said, I'm just going to go to sleep. But I was going on Instagram. People were posting different things. So Aha Davis um, actually showed that fight on his Instagram live. And it, it wasn't much to show. It wasn't a lot to show. <laughs> <laughs> so this kid, Jake Paul, who's from originally from uh, the Cleveland area, uh, not from Cleveland, he's from the Cleveland area. We've had that discussion before. Um, Where is he from? He's from Westlake. Okay. So <laughs> apparently he's some big, I had never heard of him before. Uh, the, the kid that Nate Robinson fought. I had never heard of him before, but apparently he's some big, one of the, they say he's one of the big, biggest YouTube. Uh, yeah. And he had a show on uh, guys or well, whatever. He was, a, he was he was on a show on Nickelodeon. Was he? I didn't know. That. But yeah, they like you know, in 2015, something like that. So I guess this is what he does. He actually kind of boxes or street kind of street fight more than boxes. Uh, he's had one professional fight before, and, and Nate had not had any professional fights. And I think I think I think Nate thought. I was just going to get in the ring and intimidate this dude by rushing at him and running at him. It could have easily been one of the worst fights I've ever seen. However, 
where I would kill them for this worst fight I've ever seen before. It was at least entertaining by watching this dude get knocked the hell out. <laughs> and I don't dislike Nate at all. I think Nate is a, is a cool dude. I think he's a very athletic guy and all that. And I, I don't want to necessarily pile on like a whole bunch of people did. I'm just saying this as uh, I love boxing. I've always loved boxing. I, I really enjoy a good boxing match. So I, I had a hard time not watching last night because I like boxing. I know there was an exhibition, but I'm a huge Mike Tyson fan. I actually I was a big Roy Jones fan. So I wanted to see. I would have literally been sitting here if I didn't see it last night. I would have literally been sitting here like, man, I wonder what happened in the fight the whole time. I would have been because I just enjoy boxing like that. Uh, now, there's people I don't like that I wouldn't have done that over, but I do like these two guys and I wanted to see. So anyway, Nate, I'm just going to give you a little bit of advice. The NBA season starts in about two days. I suggest you call your agent, try to get your tail on one of these teams. I know you're 36, but LeBron 36 too. <laughs> get your ass on a basketball team, man, and get this whole thought process of being a yeah, boxer. Boxing, yeah, boxing is not a sport you can just jump in. It's not street fighting. It is not street fighting. Some guys think because because Maybe you can street fight that you can box, and that's a whole different, whole different science, man. Whole different, completely, technique. totally different training regimen and everything. Now, as far as everybody piling on, I kind of got a little bit upset only because, man, like I respect respect the sport of boxing so much that anybody that steps in that ring and put their life on the line, I'm not gonna clown them when they get knocked out. Some of the greatest have gotten knocked out. Now. What I didn't understand was why you shouldn't even been in the ring in the first place, especially with no experience at all. It's your first fight on that stage. You should have been on um, ESPN Tuesday night fights, low key first, yeah. and made sure you got somebody in the ring that you could handle to get your confidence uh, up. That's how every professional no. fighter has always done it. They also don't wait till they're 36 to have their first professional fight. Exactly. And that's what why I didn't as much of a boxing fan as I, I, I am. I'm trying to put when these fights come out, I try to put my emotions to the side and not order it just like the, the Mayweather McGregor fight, because I knew how oh, that no, was going to go. Doing that. I wasn't doing, you know, that. I, I knew how that was going to go. And this one, I was like, man, you had two old men stumbling around the ring. I was like, but, man, now, now, now let's now let's get into that. Let's talk now, about it. Now, now, that part I didn't see. I'm, I'm going to go on YouTube. I'm sure it's on YouTube by now. So I'm going to so probably. Mike and, uh, and Rory. So, first of all, shout out to my man, Iron Mike. Mike is, for my, for my lifetime, he's my favorite heavyweight fighter. Mike is my favorite heavyweight fighter. And the only fighter I have in front of him in terms of just Fighters that I watched and saw mm -hmm. every day at Sugar Ray. Sugar Ray is the only dude I got ahead of Mike. I loved watching Mike Tyson. Even when he was train wrecking, I enjoyed watching Mike Tyson. <laughs> it's just something about the dude. He's one right. of my favorite guys to watch. Um, 
So having said that, one of the things that I do know about Mike Tyson is kind of what we were speaking about earlier about the mechanics. Sometimes when you're just mechanically trained, you just go back to the muscle memory and the mechanics of it. Mike Tyson has been trained mechanically and muscle memory wise, unlike most other boxers who've ever boxed. Mm-hmm. His basic footwork and his basic, you know, uh, sway moves and and dipping in and out and setting you up with the with the right to the left and hitting you in your damn guts to set you up for the upper. It's not a lot of people. And, and I, you can name your favorite boxers on the planet. It's not a lot of people that have been as trained as Mike Tyson. Yeah, they're one of the most unique styles in the history of, of fighting. For sure, for sure. And, you know, then you got Roy. And, we're, and I'm just talking about in their prime, not necessarily last night. Right. Roy's, Roy reminded me of, as good as he was, because Roy was cold. Roy was one of the best boxers in the history of, of boxing, but he could have been better. And here's where I'm getting ready to go with this. As great as Roy is and as great as Roy was, Roy reminded me of Ken Griffey Jr., the guy that was just naturally gifted but didn't do much to make himself any more gifted. Ken Griffey Jr. used to just show up and hit 48 home runs just because he was just that damn good. Right. But had he done any conditioning during the offseason or, you know, really, you know, stretched like he was supposed to stretch or took it a little more seriously, Hank, he would have been Hank Aaron. He would have been all those guys that, and as great as we already view him, he would have been even greater. That's the same thing I said about Roy. Roy didn't do Roy's not a technical fighter. Roy's just one of the fastest people you ever saw in terms right. of throwing a jab and, and being a, a pretty solid athlete. You know, he's going to go play a basketball game and then come uh, and box, you know, like some Deion Sanders type stuff. But had he just focused on boxing or had he just focused on, you know, I'm quick, but I could be even quicker if I just kept up on this and that and the other. He would have been probably even better, greater than what we think he is. Yeah. So you know what? Him, him, and him and Mike's career kind of mirrored in the fact that once they got beat, the mystique came off. Oh, and they sure. weren't the same. So, so like, like when Tarver beat Roy that time, beat the brakes off. Roy. That was it. And really, Tarver kind of just got lucky. He caught him with that one shot, kind of that that phantom shot, and got him out of there. But then the mistake was gone. And then he lost to, uh, what was his name? Glenn, what was uh, that guy's name? Uh, Glenn I, Johnson. I wanna, I was, I wanna say Glenn was a bum. He was a think, bum, he was a good I think, fighter. I think, I think, I think Glenn was a bum because I was expecting Roy to, to, to not get uh, put to sleep. And right. to watch him get just rock by this dude who I barely had heard of. And I, I had heard of Glenn, but you know what I mean. Like, I know Roy. I know what you're saying. 
Right. And then and then after that, you know, Roy went on this weird thing where he became a Russian citizen. Yeah. And all I that would, type of stuff, man. And he started, you know. He was um, doing too much, man. He was, he was doing, doing too much. much. But you know, still one of my favorite fighters to watch. But he um, but but listen. Legend. Going into this fight, I knew it was gonna be different because at this point in their careers and in their lives, it has to be about, I mean, I'm, I'm 46 and I go play basketball and I see those opportunities for me to get that skill. And I go for the ball and I end up hitting the dude on the forearm because the ball ain't there no more. You know, it's your reef, your, your mind and your thoughts are there, but you can't react the way you want to react. But the only thing that still works right are the just the, the basic principles of the game. The basic principles of the game exist more in Mike Tyson than they do in Roy. And I kept saying, if Mike gets himself in shape, shape, if Mike really stays the course of this, he, he could easily kill this guy. Because Mike's power and Mike's just raw instincts and mechanics, he going to because Roy think he going to throw that little jab and keep stepping. Okay, because you're leaving yourself too open. And Mike see that. It was about three or four times last night that Mike could have uppercutted the hell out of Roy Jones and destroyed his entire life. And he either held back or he just missed. I and mean, his timing was off for sure. He, I mean, just missed. Other, Otherwise, his body shots was on point. Like he was tagging Roy in the body. Well, I can I can tell that in the in the, in the post fight interview because Roy Jones was still covering up, like Mike Tyson was going <laughs> to hit him during the interview. Mike Mike still looked like he could go another seven to eight rounds. Actually, like there was yeah, Mike came rounds. in great shape. Mike was in great shape when I he saw was. Roy. I was like Roy Roy trying to get get a check. Like Roy ain't trying to. Roy, Roy looked like uh, before they picked him up to go to the Staples Center uh, that he was at Roscoe's uh, Chicken and Waffles uh, eating a, a, a biscuit and uh, a three-piece real quick before he got to Staples Center. That's, right. Roy did not look like in all the training videos I saw Roy, I kept saying to myself he throwing one punch. He just throwing that little jab that if you think Mike Tyson gonna that's gonna get Mike Tyson, especially at 50 something. Yeah, that, that fight was a get man, Roy Jones probably Roy Jones probably in debt. And that and that check helped him get out of debt. Cause they said he made like about three mil off that fight, and Mike made 10. And um Mike is starting the Legends Only League. Yeah, so I could tell. I didn't know that before the fight, but I could tell. Yeah, this whole thing was was a was a I told you it was a sideshow, man. And and uh, now, but that's the only way that, 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 that they're gonna sanction it though. They're not gonna right. sanction a whole bunch of semi uh, octogenarian, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, coming out of retirement. You know, you <laughs> you gonna have. <laughs> You're gonna have George Foreman, who who gotta be 80 years old, coming out of I'm retirement. I'm telling you, man, this is about to be awful. We're about to see about, about to see them parade a bunch of old men 
well, out of retirement see, problem, and get in that ring. The other problem is all these guys ain't like Mike. Like Mike is a different kind of beast. So all those guys can't get themselves in a shape at 54 mm-hmm. or 60 like Mike did. Mike dropped 100 pounds. Did he? 100? They said, they, yeah, they said he dropped 100 oh, pounds. Wow. He went into the fight at 220 pounds. Dude, I weigh 197 right now. So yeah, that's crazy. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there was times, it was only two round, uh, two minute rounds, but there were times at the end of the round where Mike wasn't even looking for the stool. Like he was just, just standing there like pacing at the end of the round. Roy, on the other hand, was huffing and puffing, just coming into the ring. Mm-hmm. Roy looked like Roy was not in shape. He was nowhere near in shape. And for him to have fought three, four years ago. Two. He, he shouldn't have fought. He fought 2018. He shouldn't have fought then. If this is the shape that you were in two years later, he shouldn't have fought then. So what, what was your overall impression of the fight? Was, was it entertaining to you? I thought it was entertaining. The only thing that made it not entertaining, seriously, uh, and I mean, I knew what I was getting to. I wasn't looking at it like, oh, I'm about to see uh, Tyson from, you know, uh, 1993. I knew right. what I was getting. I knew I was watching a 50-year-old and a 54-year-old. I knew that. Um, but I was impressed with Mike's. If Mike had another fight before this fight, he would have killed Roy Jones uh, last night. He would have killed him. I said, if they would have fought, because Roy kept saying, I challenged Mike like in 2003, but Mike didn't want to do it, whatever, whatever. But they wanted, back then, Roy was still kind of the guy. They wanted Mike to come down a little bit. They didn't want to fight at the heavy end. And so, Mike was never was never a heavy heavyweight. He always fought around 210, 215, even his headache. And I remember when Roy went up to heavyweight and when he beat Ruiz, was still to me one of the most impressive things I've ever seen in boxing. When he went up and beat John Ruiz, I don't think Roy was, I think he was maybe 198. Yeah. I mean, because 100, maybe, maybe 202. Well, the heavy is 197, I think. I think that's what starts heavyweight. Well, even though it was technically a heavyweight fight, I don't think he ever had. I don't think he went up to that weight. I think he he, he went up twenty pounds. I don't think he was a, officially a heavyweight by weight, but the fight was a heavyweight fight. I think he was like maybe two hundred at the most. But to fight a guy who walks around at uh, well, we need just like two thirty or something like that, man. Two twenty or two thirty, yeah, yeah. That's but Ruiz wasn't as fast as Roy either, though. Ruiz was no. never fast. That wasn't his thing. He he had power. So you got to catch him first. And the thing with Mike was Mike was speed and power. And, and powerful, right. And, and he was a technical. Mike, Mike's biggest issue, honestly, had he stayed with them white dudes, as great as Mike's career was, he wouldn't have had a few of those losses he had had he stayed with those white guys. He didn't really fall off, fall off until he was around all them dumb Black dudes. Yeah, when uh, Custom Model died, that's kind of when Mike kind of started going down. You know, uh, then he ended up with Don King because he would have never ended up with Don King if Cuss would have been around. Right. So he fired all this, all the, the guys that came up with him, you know, Tony, Tony, uh, Al, not Tony Alice. Uh, what's his name? 
Teddy Atlas. Teddy Atlas. Now, I said Tony. I'm thinking wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, Teddy Atlas and those guys that were with him from the time he was like 16 years old, 17 years old, they actually cared about the dude. And yeah, Mike said it, says, says it himself. You know, I got with Don, he's talking about, man, come on with your people, come on with come on with us, man. Why are you over there with the white man? Blah, 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 blah. And he fell for the okie doke. And all them dudes there was still all his damn money. Right. Or still most of it. And then not train him up right. And you know, it's something to be said. And I say this all the time about athletes. When you're surrounded by people who keep telling you how good you are and not telling you how good you need to be, it's gonna be a problem. Exactly. So, but exactly. I thought it was entertaining. Uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't as bad. Now, some of the other earlier stuff was kind of bad, and some of the uh, quote unquote entertainment was horrendous. But the you know the fight that I actually wanted to see was Nate Robinson and uh, Jake Paul only because I want I wanted to see what what he was gonna do. I wanted to see if he fight. Dude can't fight, and he needs to. When he wakes up, he needs to uh, beat the hell out. <laughs> he needs to beat the hell out of the people who so-called trained him, because they are off. I don't know who trained him, or what type of training. They must have trained him uh, with his shoes tied. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right, man. Super psych. Super psych. Man, they should have been teaching him some defense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw him run in. He just got oh, caught. It was awful. That was bad. Right. But uh, yeah, I thought it was entertaining, though, man. So I just okay. wanted to speak on that a little bit. You know, I'll probably out. watch it. Matter of fact, when we get done tonight, when I go to bed, I might. I'm sure it's on YouTube by now. I might go ahead and check it out. Yeah, it, uh, wasn't, it wasn't awful. Uh, Roy was just old. After you get a couple, two, three Mike Tyson shots to your gut, you, you, you better hold. Yeah. You better hold. I mean, Roy was still breathing hard in the, in the post-fight interview, man, and he was still holding on to his rip. I mean, he said it. He's like, man, those shots hurt. But Mike and as crazy, look, as crazy as Mike is, um, the thing I always liked about Mike is that he respects the sport. He told Roy, he was like, you took those shots, man. That's much respect. You know, like I was saying earlier about Nate Robinson getting in the ring. I was like, you get in the ring and you staring down death, possible death in there. I always give cats respect to get in the ring because I ain't. You no, know, not now. Not at 46. I don't know. Shoot, I wasn't doing it at 18. I don't know, I don't know about it done it at 36, but I, you know, I, I used to box as a kid too, so I didn't. And my son, look, my son boxes, my, my 10 year old. Yeah, boxes. So, you know that I, I just always felt like it was what I did, and it taught me a certain discipline. So I do appreciate okay. guys that do it, but I also respected the game. Like I didn't just assume. Yeah, I admire boxers, man. I did the I training regiment, the pain, the pain threshold that you put your body in through the training and in the fight itself is crazy. You know, which is why I knew Mike was in great shape watching him. But mm -hmm. you know, I respect the game enough to where I'm not assuming that I can just show up and box because I'm a good athlete. That don't mean it's not the same. Like, it's just not the same. So I don't necessarily empathize or give credit to Nate for this. 
I just looked at it like, <laughs> bro, you, you, you didn't take this serious enough, bro. You thought you was going to intimidate this dude by just talking or just by being kind of crazy and wild. That, that's not respect for the game. And that's why I can't, that's why I can clown him because you didn't respect the game. Had I done that, I'd have been like, no, man, I can't do this. This dude looks like he gonna knock my ass out. You gotta take it more serious. And I don't think Nick I took it you. serious. Right. And I, that's so just we'll, my we'll take. See. I don't know that for sure, but that's just my take. So I got you. So we'll see what where where it goes from there. And I, I'm gonna check out Mike's Legends Only League just so I can get a good laugh because I really I'm really I don't know if I'm gonna watch another one though, unless unless Mike is fighting. Like if you know if Mike fighting, oh I'm 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 all in. Now if I'm not paying for any of it, but I'm sure some of this is gonna be on regular TV if he's smart. Because boxing is trying to, you know, have a resurgence with you ain't gonna have no pay yeah, yeah, you're not gonna have no pay per view yeah. with Evander Holyfield and Michael Moore uh, part uh, twelve. <laughs> 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 ain't nobody, man. ain't nobody for that. <laughs> I ran Barkley. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> like you're not gonna get, you're not gonna get guys like that. You have to, you have to keep some guys that want to be seen or people who want guys who want uh, people want to see these guys rather i mean so, you, i mean you can pull like a hasin rockman um i'm not maybe uh, linux ain't gonna do it linux got plenty there's no reason for linux to do it um well I, I don't think mike was broke mike got money at least now he, he done kind of you know gathered himself back together well so this well, well this is mike's things so i think mike put himself front and center to get the right. Right, your interest in it, you know what I'm saying. Who else, so. who else could anybody pull out, pull a rabbit out of their hat that would look? Sugar Ray was announcing. Sugar, they was like, "Yeah, Sugar, would you would you do something like this?" He was like, "Yeah, if I'm boxing against uh you, talking about the announcer." <laughs> 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 you know, because again, Sugar don't need no money, and no. and not only does he not need any money. He he's sixty four years old. Right, like, Sugar had one of the best concepts ever, man. And I'm hate that it didn't take off when it did the whole contender series. Oh, I thought I that was great. Love that man, that was that was dope. And some of those guys actually great. actually got went mainstream for a little while and had some big fights. Yeah, I thought that. that was great. You know, but you know, people, we live in a different society, man. People don't watch boxing, boxing. Like had no, that don't. come out, had that come out in the 80s when we were watching uh Tuesday night fights, like watching oh, random yeah. uh basically bar fighters who decided they wanted to, you know, to fight. That's all Tuesday night fights were for the most part. Yeah. I mean the majority of it, none of them were ended up being like super, super, superstars. Some of them did, and we did see some of those guys. But that was a rare, small percentage of those of those fights. Most of those guys were middle of the road at best. Right. Now, what they're doing now with the PBC and top rank, politics aside, I think it's really good for the sport. Now, if they can work through the politics between Bob Aram and Al Heyman and make some of these bigger fights, um, I think boxing is kind of like on the verge of having a resurgence. But they got to make so. the fights that people want to see at the end of the day, though. Yeah, but like, like we need that Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua fight at some point. 
We need the we need Wilder Fury three. Look, even if you don't have a belt involved, you still need it because there was times when those big guys fought, and it wasn't always for uh, the the heavyweight title all the time. Not all the time, right? You know, titles titles don't always change hands, but sometimes those fights put you in a position. And boxing is so weird now, weird and convoluted now with all these governing bodies that you could not have a belt and still had a belt. Because you like yeah. to recognize linear, yeah, uh, what the hell is the linear ring champion? magazine heavyweight champion, like whatever that means. Yeah, what the hell is know? the linear champ? And what the hell is the ring magazines? Like what, what does any of that actually mean? It's all types of stuff that go, like if you go online and look at who the actual champions are, you would never hear some of those guys you've you never heard of. Know those dudes. But now, now they have a category of who's a recognized champ. Because what happens is, you know, um, uh, Triple G may have the belt and he had the mandatory contender. These yeah, guys aren't right. fighting mandatory contenders. Nobody's like, no, it's all about the money. I'm not fighting yeah. this guy. Put my, yeah. and put my belt on the line, and it's no, it's no money involved. So strip Triple G of the technically strip him of his belt, and but he's still the recognized champion because he didn't lose it. You know what I'm saying? So it's 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 real convoluted. And one thing um, I like, who was it? Um, I don't know. It was Bud Crawford. Who was that? Somebody went and cleaned up one of those divisions. He went in and got uh, got a yeah, got all the things. Sound like Bud, probably. It might have been Bud. But a couple guys that came in and cleaned it and started, you know, they started cleaning up a little bit. Um, so you have a little bit more uh, structure. Um, but anyway, man, was there anything else that you wanted to touch on on this Victory Sunday? I don't think so. I think uh, in terms of in terms of the Browns, I think we cleared up everything. Um, also, oh, wait, what's today? I think next week is a big, since we were talking boxing, just real quick, if there's something, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a very good boxing match next weekend. Uh, Danny Garcia and uh, Errol Spence Jr. Is it on pay-per-view? I believe so. Uh, I'm seeing that one. Um, I believe so. So this is Errol Spence's, this is his first fight since the accident? Yeah, I believe it is. Wow, man, that's that's a tough matchup to go in with having a tune-up to go against Danny Garcia. That's not a, ooh we. I thought he had a tune-up first because he was in, in a, because they thought he wasn't going to make it at first in that accident because I think he got yeah, uh, ejected from the car. Yeah, it's but, all um, on the ESPN Plus. Okay, so that's technically Fox still a pay-per-view effort. The first Fox pay-per-view effort from PBC. Yeah, so it's on. It's on pay per view. Yeah, you I mean, got confused on boxing makes so they can't even tell you what pay per view is on. Like, tell me which one it's on. It say pay per view, but then it goes into this whole conversation about the first Fox pay per view effort from PBC since the co-produced Fox ESPN Wilder two. Just t- oh, seventy five bucks. Yeah, I probably ain't watching that one. Nah, nope. I probably ain't gonna watch it out. Or I'll probably get it, but I probably won't uh, be paying for it. Yeah, I got you. But uh, but I, I, I like Errol. Uh, I think he's a good boxer. That fight against Sean, uh, you know, uh, 
oh man, I wanted Sean to win that fight. Uh, you know, but it is what it is. I think Danny Garcia is a tough dude, though. It is Danny, gonna be a tough. Especially Danny's with him tough. coming off off the uh, off that accident, this being his first fight. Yeah, yeah Danny's a tough. That's a tough order. That's a tough out right there. So we're gonna see. But uh, other than that, that's all I had in terms of uh, sports takes. Um, again, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, I appreciate you. I, I can't even. I can't even put in the words what I, how much I appreciate you guys. Uh, Sean, I appreciate you as well. I thank you for yes, sir. Uh, Same here. Allowing me to to ruin uh, two nights of your life by spending it with me. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know, and thank you guys. I love you, Sean. It's all on you, brother. All right, man. I love you too, bro. So you can check us out. Um, on Facebook at Two Guys in a Mic 216. Also on Instagram at Two Guys in a Mic 216. Um, we're also on Anchor. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. Um, pretty much Google. all streaming Google platforms. Google. So, just, so just check us out. You know, we know it's not easy listening to a two hour show every week, but sometimes you're on your way to work. Um, or whatever, or you're at work and you just need something to listen to, some entertaining content to pass time. Just give us, a, you know, check us out a little bit if you like it. You know, put pass on. the word on. That's all. Put us on. Enjoy it. Love it, man. Because listen. Right. The and then also, you know, and if you check us out on YouTube, also at Two Guys on Mike 216, you know, leave some comments. Um, you can even ask questions. Subscribe. You know, that's whatever. Subscribe, yeah, subscribe. You make sure you, you hit the subscribe button. And a notification button, and so you know, comment on the on the uh, page so we can interact with you guys like a little bit more, and you know, and go from there. And hopefully, as we, we continue to grow, yeah, if we continue to grow, we can bring you more and more content. So that's all I have um, tonight, man. So we can go ahead and sign off, and right, just be sure to tune in for our midweek show. See y'all on the midweek Wednesday. All right, all man. You have a good Monday, man. All right. Are you looking to make a lifestyle change for your health and wellness? Try personal training through Renegade Soul. Follow Renegade Soul 216 on Instagram and Facebook. Go to the website, www.renegadesoul216.com. Sign up today for your first personal training session. You're worth it. This is Two Guys in a Mic. Your hosts are Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Our show is sponsored by The Christian Jaden Project. They can be reached on Facebook and on Instagram at The Christian Jaden Project. Also, they can be reached on the web at thechristianjadenproject.org. We're also sponsored by Renegade Soul. Renegade Soul can be reached on Facebook as well as on Instagram at Renegade Soul 216 and on the web at Renegade Soul 216.com. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to 
seeing you guys on our midweek show. Peace.